ARE Study Guide Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the ARE Study Guide Podcast. Today, we are going to look at ethics. Ethics is a really big concept in general. I I am uh, taking classes at City College San Francisco for business, and you might be asking, do I have enough going on in my life? And the answer is no. More, more, more. Uh, yeah, so I, I am taking class classes in business, and we're talking about ethics in school, and it's making me realize how ethics aren't as straightforward as I thought. I feel like I have a, a pretty strong sense of morals and ethics internally, and diving into this in business class, I realized, oh, everyone has different opinions on what is ethical moral behavior. So when a organization has a code of ethics, it's important because it says collectively these are the things that we agree are ethical or unethical practices and the rules in which we will abide by for ethical decisions. So again, I thought this was all really straightforward stuff, uh, you know, be a good person. And, you know, I just thought that's kind of, everyone knows how to be a good person, right? Uh, but then it gets a little, certain things are a little sticky and you can have different opinions on things. So a code of ethics is the agreed ethics and moral behavior for an organization. So we have the AIA code of ethics. Technically, the AIA Code of Ethics is an enforceable document, but the AIA is not a government organization. So their ability to actually enforce rules is limited. We may or may not look at how they enforce them, but we will look at what the actual Code of Ethics is. And this document is easily found online definitely read it. It's very small. It's five pages long. And as an aspiring architect, you should definitely be familiar with the code of ethics in which you are required to abide by. So the code of ethics is broken down into canons, ethical standards, and rules of conduct. So canons are the big principles or the big ideas Ethical standards are the goals, and then the rules of conduct are the enforceable requirements. Canon 1 are general obligations, and what it says is that members should maintain and advance their knowledge of the art and science of architecture, respect the body of architectural accomplishment, contribute to its growth, thoughtfully consider the social and environmental impact of their professional activities, and exercise, learn, and uncompromised professional judgment. So some rules in this canon. Consistently exercise care and competence. Maintain the standard of care. If you make a mistake once, that's forgivable. But if you're consistently sloppy, you can get in trouble. 
In this canon, there is an ethical standard, respect and conserve the cultural heritage of a location. Other rules within this canon are architects may not use discriminating practices or harass others. Harassment includes severe insults. Another rule, architects may not bully, intimidate, or otherwise reduce the basic human rights of others. Rule, architects cannot design spaces for execution, torture, or prolonged solitary confinement, regardless if those practices are legal in the jurisdiction. That is huge to me. I think I read that that was new to the most recent edition of the Code of Ethics. That's pretty cool. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the issues of solitary confinement, how, like, you know, they call it the hole, where you're in solitary confinement for, like, 30 days. I've heard some people getting thrown in there for relatively small fights. And so, yeah, this says that as architects, we're not even allowed to design spaces where that could happen even if it's legal. So again, how these rules are enforced is pretty limited because these aren't laws. The AIA is not a government association, but I think that's pretty cool. They're taking a stand in the way that they are empowered to do so by saying, yeah, we're not going to, we don't promote those practices. Pretty neat. All right. Canon two obligations to the public. This basically says follow the law and serve the public's interest. So here are some rules. Architects may not break the law in their professional practice. Architects may not bribe public officials. But they are allowed to make campaign contributions. Architects cannot take bribes. Architects are not allowed to engage in fraudulent activity. Regardless if it's related to their professional practice as an architect, you can't do anything fraudulent. If you know that your boss or client plans to break the law in a way that would threaten the safety of the public, it is your responsibility to advise them to correct the issue. If they don't correct it, you are responsible for reporting the violation to the appropriate public official. You shall not work with clients that are engaging in fraudulent or illegal behavior. If you get paid to make a comment related to the profession, you must disclose the fact you were compensated. So I can see this arising from um, someone like sponsoring you to speak about their product. And if they're paying you, you have to say, I was paid to be here today. You are obligated to tell your clients about the environmental impacts of their projects. I love this one. I think there should be a newsletter going out to remind architects of this because in my working practice, not to throw anyone under the bus, but I've never seen anyone really tell the clients the full scope of the environmental impacts of their project. And this is a rule in the code of ethics. So I think if people just did that, I think we could really boost the sustainability of our projects if we just told the clients or better yet graphically showed them we're really good at doing that aren't we graphics we if we graphically showed a client what the decisions of the project actually meant you know maybe we could encourage them to spend a little more money and alleviate the damage that their project is doing to the environment 
In this section, there is an ethical standard to do pro bono work and encourage your employees to do so as well. And another ethical standard, be involved in your community. Canon three, obligations to the client. Our obligations to the client generally are to have competence and unbiased judgment. We're supposed to be competent and do our work timely. We can't drag our feet to get stuff done for our project. We must follow all laws and regulations. And I love this rule. You should only do projects that you have the skills to do or hire consultants or employees that have the necessary skills or take the proper training to learn the skills before working on the project. Related to unbiased judgment, we have a few rules. You cannot change the project scope or goals without client approval. You cannot take on projects if your ability to exercise unbiased professional judgment may be jeopardized. If your ability to be unbiased will be jeopardized, then you must disclose that information to any potentially affected party. Another rule, you must be impartial when making project decisions. You can't make a decision just to benefit the owner. You're responsible for making the best decision, not just the best decision for the owner. Rule, you cannot mislead current or prospective clients. You cannot lie to prospective clients about your experience or skill to win a project. You cannot share private information about your client or share any information that could adversely affect them unless it is required by law. Canon 4. Obligations to the profession. Your obligations to the profession are to uphold the profession's integrity and dignity. You are obligated to file a complaint when you know that another architect has violated the code. You cannot stamp drawings that you have not reviewed and helped coordinate the preparation of. You cannot lie about your professional experience. You cannot lie about your level of participation or take unfair credit for your work on a project. You need to make sure that your employees understand the code of ethics. Canon 5. Obligations to colleagues. Respect the goals and achievements of other architects. Help others in their journey to become licensed architects. Give credit to others for their work. The rules in this canon include... You need to treat the people that you work with with respect and promote an equitable working environment. If you say you will help someone with their licensing process, you must help them submit their documents in a timely manner. Recognize and respect what other people in the profession achieve. When you leave a company, you cannot take drawings, designs, or other data without permission. And likewise, you cannot withhold copies of project drawings, designs, or data from an employee who is leaving, unless that information is confidential. Canon 6. Obligations to the environment. Promote sustainability. Set ambitious performance goals. Use water-conserving strategies. Select good, low-VOC materials. And minimize the waste and pollution created by your projects. Consider the future impacts of global warming in your designs. Consider things such as sea level rises and droughts. A rule for this canon is that you shall consider the environmental impacts of project-related decisions. So that's not everything. Again, it's a five-page document, so you should read it. But those were things that I found particularly notable as I read it. Things not included in the AIA Code of Ethics. Restrictions on architect's fees. 
There is no limit to what an architect can charge for their services, and architects may work for free if they wish. Architects are not required to get paid for their time doing design competitions. Architects may offer discounts. An architect may compete for a project by offering a lower fee. Architects are allowed to advertise their services. The code of ethics is not related to the standard of care. Violating the code of ethics does not mean that you breached your standard of care. Enforcement of the code of ethics. So I'm not going to dive really deep into this, but just generally so you know what happens. So if someone thinks that an architect has breached the code of ethics, the complaint will be brought to the National Ethics Council. And then the Ethics Council will respond with a decision And then those decisions will be published online. And you can view those online by searching for National Ethics Council Decisions, AIA. And you can see all of the previous decisions that they have made. Two of the most common ethical complaints are architects taking credit for work they didn't do. Maybe they assisted with a project, but they didn't serve a role as large as they were claiming. And the second most common is inadequate services were provided. This is a complaint issued by the client saying that the architect did not adequately fulfill their obligations. All right. So that is the code of ethics. Until next time. Bye.